0: Good morning. Are you awake? Are you? I know it's raining outside. Hey, we got to get over that. Got to wake up this morning. It's a little dark in here. It's okay. We're going to we're going to have a chance to worship in a second. Went to a Texans game about 2 or 3 years ago. Whenever it was that we weren't very good. Uh I guess that was three years ago. Monday Night Football, the Ravens, I don't know if you remember that game. We came back, Joe was there, we were down, shocking as it is, like 21, 28 points. And Matt Schaub and the boys led them back, and the place, it was amazing. The entire arena just began. There was just this flow of momentum and cheering, and it was awesome. One touchdown after the other. With the very last second, we got another touchdown to tie it up, to send it in overtime. The place was rocking. Have you ever been to a sporting event like that where it's just like the intensity of the room is, is amazing? Because everybody's on the same page. They're all cheering for the same thing. We go into overtime, and the very first play of overtime, Matt Shop throws a pick six going there. and we lost and the whole arena we went from "Ah, where's my coat where's my coat let's get out of here just the whole the air the the place just was just sucked out of uh, of the room community is about rejoicing together we come together and we have this kind of common bond and we rejoice together there's some things to celebrate uh, in our community I don't know if you knew this know this but yesterday we had a little anniversary in the community 28 years uh Pastor Jeffrey and, and Miss Julie celebrate. Do we, do we have a picture of, of, of the couple, lovely couple? Look at that. 28 years. But we have a couple that actually they said, you know, we're going to trump that by a few years. Uh, Lyman and, and Sandra Stanton, they're actually going to celebrate their 50th anniversary. 50! 50th anniversary this Friday. That's right this Friday. That's pretty amazing. Some other things to celebrate. We actually have, I don't know if you know this or not, we have the, the Sci-Fair Secondary Teacher of the Year in the house today. That's right. Ben Abrams. All of Sci-Fair. Yeah, pretty awesome. All of Sci-Fair Secondary Schools. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, and uh, speaking of teachers, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have adopted a school down the road, Wilburn Elementary, and we have an opportunity to really to, to cheer on teachers and love teachers because they've had a long year and they've got a ton of stuff to move. My wife has filled our garage with a ton of stuff, of teacher things. They need to get their stuff from their, uh, their rooms to their homes and, and out of the building into their cars. So this is a chance for us as a community to cheer them on and help them. Help them out. So on Thursday at 10:30, we're going to start helping them move. If you have a truck or a um, anything that's covered. Anything that can fit books and pencils and everything else, bring it. Uh, if you have available space, bring it. If you don't have that, if you're a student and you want to come and help out, that's a great chance as well. So 1030, Wilburn Elementary, if you need to come a little late, that's fine too. But it's going to be a great chance to, to rally as a community. And then graduations are happening all this week. And so you're, we're going to have graduation Sunday next Sunday. And it's going to be a great chance for us to cheer on our high school grads. <laughs> And it's just a great time as a community to cheer things on, to, to laugh together, to celebrate together. Today we have a chance t- as a community to celebrate as well. This morning we're gathering, and each one of us has a different story. It's pretty awesome. Where we've come from, where we've been, but hopefully the story has the same uh, kind of thread that goes along, that Jesus Christ entered our lives. He changed us. He saw us before. He knew us who we were in our, in our past, and he forgave us, and he set us free. So today is a day of celebration. It's a day that we can, can cheer. We can praise God. We can lift our hands. That's okay to do here, by the way, and you can just say, thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to offer, uh, just give you a chance to stand up. Last week, uh, just to get warmed up a little bit as we get ready to celebrate community. Um, we, uh, we had this meet and greet time where you actually found a couple of people to have conversations with, and something crazy happened. We weren't ready for, like, the actual conversations to take place, and so we started the music too soon, and, and it, you guys were awesome, like, do that again now, okay? So find one or two people, have community with them, share some time together, hug, shake hands, and, uh, we'll worship then.
1: Been my privilege, um... For the last 12 and a half years to have many, many opportunities uh, to uh, participate in uh, a beautiful act of worship that's a part of our church traditions. Uh, that's so good for our families, and, and uh, really, I don't, I've lost count of how many, how many precious children have been born in the last 12 and a half years, and, uh, and I feel a little bit old when I think about it. But also feel extremely blessed and it's just a part of the gift of God to his people and to his church. And uh, it's fitting on the the last uh, Sunday as pastor that we would have another baby dedication. And Pastor Matt Hawkins and Melanie are bringing Addison Quinn right now uh, for dedication. And I know their family and and life group and friends are going to come behind them and surround them uh, for this special time. Matt and Melanie, today, as you bring Addison Quinn, you uh, recognize that she's a gift from God. And symbolically, even as you handed her over to me for a couple of moments, it's kind of a recognition of you stepping forward today and say, You know, Lord, we offered her to you. And you've given her to us, and she's a precious gift uh, of God. And uh, you have a great responsibility and a great and wonderful privilege. Uh, today. And um, God has given you the responsibility to watch over her life and to lead her in the right direction. Watch over her associations and habits and relationships to lead her early to know the truth of God's grace and love and the truth of his word for her. And uh, we know that it's your desire to do this, but we want to hear it from you today. If you will take this responsibility to raise her and to love her and care for her, as God has called you to do. Will you say, by the grace of God, we will. Grace of God we, will. we will? It's my privilege right now, then, to dedicate Addison Quinn Hawkins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you so much for this precious, beautiful little girl, and for the amazing gift of life that's been given to her, and the gift of a child that's been given to Matt and Melanie the gift of a little sister to Briley and to Noah. And we thank you, Lord, for the amazing and wonderful plans you have for her. And we pray that very early, Lord, she will know what it is to, to lean into your love and grace and accept that and receive it and live a life that honors and glorifies you. And we thank you that you will guide her every step of the way and call her close to you. And we pray your great blessings on her and on Matt and Melanie. Give them wisdom and peace and direction, and trust. And we pray all this in Jesus' strong name. Everybody said, Amen. And you have a responsibility as a congregation, and as friends and family here today, to support them in, uh, in raising Addison Quinn. Will you do that? Say, by the grace of God, we will. By the grace of God, we will. Oh, that's good. That's all good. I'm used to that. PJ has been drooled on many times. We have these things to remind you today of what took place. Uh, this gift this uh, birth, and uh, well not birth certificate, you already have that, this dedication certificate, a New Testament to remind you the importance of her early coming to know the word, a great lullaby CD, and then Melanie keep this letter for her to open on her 18th birthday a reminder of your act of, of dedication and faith, and this special moment in her life, a reminder of God's love for her. We love you, we appreciate you, and thanks for letting us be a part of this today. God bless you. Today is one of those days you don't want to have repeated too often in, in your lifetime. When, uh, when you have to, in, at least in some sense, say a big uh, goodbye. People have been asking us how uh, we feel about things, and it's very different since we're not moving away from Houston, and uh, there'll be reasons to be around, though not uh, obviously every Sunday. It's, it's a different feel. A lot, uh, before, when we've said goodbye to a church, we, we knew that most of the people we'd never see again, at least not of any significant time, but uh, I sure hope that that uh, we'll continue to see uh, many uh, many of you uh, around and uh, in a moment here I'm going to I'm going to share with you just kind of some things that you need to know as a congregation about kind of the steps of the process that are going to take place over the next uh, weeks and, and months about uh, the calling of a new pastor and all that transition just want to give you just kind of some steps through that but uh I also want to, to let you know that uh, I can't take all the books with me that I've accumulated to my new office. And if you want a book, an old-fashioned hardcover book, or a paperback book, uh, there is a table in my office, and I'll make sure it's open after the service. And uh, there's a table in my office and a couple of chairs behind that table. Anybody here, if, whether I know you or not, you are welcome to go and take uh, as many books as you want out of there. And uh, some of them I have read, and some of them have just sat on my shelf for years. So uh, if you pick it up and ask me about it, I'll tell you what I know or what I don't know. But just want to let you know that that's that's available, and I'm sure hundreds of you will flock to there to to grab those books, but but feel free. Um, Let me just kind of take you through the steps of uh, what's going to happen over the next few months. As the... um, uh, Becoming the district superintendent for the churches in Nazarene and South Texas, I'll be working with uh, the, the church board of this church and with the congregation in uh, the calling of, an, of a new pastor. Um, we have some slides to kind of guide you through here. And step one is you, uh, as they so aptly put, you say goodbye to a beloved pastor and family. Um, and uh, we're sort of doing that uh, today. Um, and then um, this, the second step is to establish some interim uh, ass- arrangements. Interim means the time in between. Um, and I've already kind of informed you a couple of weeks ago of some, of some of that already. Most of these steps we've pretty much taken. And assignments have been, been made and arrangements have been made, particularly with, with Pastor Matt. Pastor Garen and Pastor Michelle taking up a lot of duties. And, and you've got to recognize they're having to pick up stuff that two people uh, have been doing. Myself and Pastor Chad. Pastor Chad's in his uh, second Sunday there in uh, in Oklahoma. So that's that's pretty much been set in place and communicated to the church board. And uh, you can ask any of those pastors' questions or church board members' questions about Uh, who to go to during the interim time for different ministries and and different things. And also one of the things that will happen during the interim time is you can count on a regular uh, system of communication to keep you informed as a congregation as to what's going on in the process uh, of the calling of the pastor. And then uh, step three and step four, you can just go ahead and put both of those up there together, Robin. They really kind of go together together. And it's kind of taken a little time initially to just kind of take an assessment of the church and how things are going and what the needs are and what what the strengths and weaknesses are of of life and ministry of the church. And then developing kind of a profile, kind of a, this is what we're looking for in in a pastor. And uh, we're already kind of moving into that process. In fact, I will meet with the church board this Thursday night for the first time as the district superintendent and will be fully engaged uh, in in this process Um, that will happen and uh, one of the things that we have established with the church board in addition to the church board there's going to be a pastoral search team that will will work along with the church board it's comprised of five board members and four members of the church who are not on the church board and we've done this to try to give a broad perspective of, uh, in looking for candidates and people with different ways of thinking and viewing things to represent uh, the whole congregation as best we can as we look for candidates. And that's the fifth thing, is the identification of pastoral candidates. And we're going to be looking for credentialed ministers uh, in the Church of the Nazarene. And uh, there'll be lots of study, in a sense, that will go on. Of course, prayer will cover all of this, but we'll be taking a look at, at, at uh, pastors... From different places and discerning uh, uh, who should be considered a candidate, and eventually there'll be a short list brought down out of many names. And you're wondering, like, could I submit a name uh, if I have somebody that I know or I would recommend? And the answer to that is yes, you could. Just uh, talk to me, talk to uh, one of our church board members or one of the pastoral search team members, and we'll make sure that you're informed about all uh, who all those people are. I don't think we have a slide with their names, but I'll make sure that that. Is published to you. Now, one of the things you can do is really pray for the church board in all of this because the district superintendent that they're working with is just a total rookie. <laughs> okay? He's never done this before for anybody. Now, at the same time, there are two other guinea pigs in South Texas that are also going through this experiment at the, at the same time. We'll see who gets a pastor first. But uh, I've got, uh, including this church, three churches that I'll immediately be working with to, to find new pastors. Um, when we get into this step five, um, it's, it's a really important time, and, and the, the process will move a little bit more into kind of a somewhat confidential, guarded consideration because the people that will be being considered uh, as pastors are already going to have a ministry somewhere. And, you know, the way the grapevine works, and if you've been a part of the Church of Nazarene a long time, sometimes it there's not six degrees of separation. There's about one and a half. So uh, it'll be a time when, in other words, we won't be publishing a list to the congregation of here's ten people we're looking at. You, you won't receive something like that. Um, that'll be, that'll be kind of kept closer to the leadership. And you can understand why, so that, so that there won't be a lot of distractions, distractions. And, and so that these people, where they're serving, won't have people coming up to them saying, Hey, Pastor, I heard that you were looking to move to Houston. I thought you loved us. And, uh, and it, we don't want that kind of thing uh, going on. Step five and uh, getting to this place and, and, and working through step five, it's going to take some time, folks. Because we, we really, really want to follow the Spirit's leadership. And uh, we, there's no need to rush here. There's no need to panic and believe that you've got to have a new pastor in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll trust the Lord to guide us through this process. So in this process, you spend time in prayer and ask the Lord for guidance through the whole process, for me, for the church board, and everybody involved. And, and, and another thing you need to do is express and demonstrate your appreciation for the existing pastoral team that's here that's having to pick up things in the midst of the transition. You get with them and behind them and for them and work alongside them. This is a good time for you to step up as a congregation. Step six, there'll be an interview process. Uh, that short list will get narrowed down to just a, a very small number of names. And, um, and eventually one or more candidates will be brought in to interview uh, with the church board and uh, with the staff that that is here. And uh, should the the board come to a place where they feel very strongly about one of these candidates, the church board will vote to nominate that person to the congregation. And then uh, step eight would be a congregational vote. And it requires two-thirds of the members of the church, the voting members of the church, age 15 or older, to extend that call. And then there'll be some time given for the response of that candidate if the vote is, is favorable and for them to uh, make a decision. And when the new pastor comes, um, the, the board, the district superintendent will work on the starting times and dates and the installation of all of that. So that's a lot to take in. You'll get another chance to kind of hear about this process. And I will tell you, I've already scheduled. I'll, I'll be back here in the middle of July, I think Sunday, July the 14th. And I plan on preaching that Sunday and because uh, I'm going to miss you so much. Um, and, and we'll kind of let you know how things are going uh, in the middle of the process. So you pray and uh, trust God and believe God for all of that. And now I'm going to try to make a, a transition into somewhat of a message <laughs> to give to you today. Um, it's not going to be a typical, a real typical sermon. And... Uh, um, We'll just trust the Lord to help us in the next few minutes to to think about who we are as a church. In uh, October of 2000, uh, Julie and I came to Houston from Oklahoma City to visit with the church board uh, of this local church as a part of the process that I just described to you that was being handled by other people at at the time. And uh, a few weeks later, God confirmed in us And in the church board and ultimately in this congregation uh, that uh, it was good for us. As it says in the book of Acts, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And we came and uh, you welcomed us the first Sunday of January uh, 2001 as the pastor of this church. had no idea at that time how much the world would change for us. Um, our girls were in middle school. Uh, we had no idea all the stuff we were going to face with uh, teenage girls and, and uh, what all would go on in their lives. We had no idea how, how much the world would, would change around us. It was uh, in that, that first year. Um, I remember J- our, the first June here was the uh, tropical storm Allison and the big flood and several families in the church were flooded out, and that was really my first glimpse of just seeing the church come to life and respond to help their their brothers and, and sisters in Christ. That fall was 2001, September 11th. Uh, we we had a house in Copperfield then on Pleasant Ridge, and I remember looking at the morning news when that first plane hit on 9/11 there in the house on Pleasant Ridge, and uh, remembering that at that time my my dad and mom had come to visit us here my mom stayed my dad went to to something for his assignment at the time and and uh he was in the air he was in an airplane uh, when all of this was going on in 9 11. i remember my good friend boyd was on his way to india and was in an airplane at this time and and, you know, we still didn't know what was going on. I remember I got in the car and drove on West Road coming to the church. And while I had the news on the radio, I was on West Road between Jones and, and the church when the second plane hit the second trade center. And a uh, whole lot's changed since then, hadn't it, in the world? Changed forever. It was an incredible life-changing day for our society. And that it, it still leaves a lot of marks on our lives, if you think about it. But the greatest marks in my life and uh, and that of my family since that time have been made by, by this great church. In um, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul's uh, first letter to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 13 is often called the, the love chapter. And uh, sometimes verses are read at weddings and many other places. It's on a lot of plaques and, and uh, signs and occasionally you can see part of it tattooed on somebody's uh, upper arm or somewhere like that. It's, it's amazingly inspired scripture. It's often read. It's often quoted. And the Apostle Paul concludes that, that chapter of 1 Corinthians with these words. He says this, Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love and the greatest of these is love i consider these these three things to also be the marks of a great church faith i am uh, i am so blessed and i'm i'm humbled and i'm so grateful for your faith The faith of God's people faith that in the last uh, 12 and a half years has been demonstrated in so many ways demonstrated by stepping into the the waters of baptism to declare in front of God's people and to the world that I put my faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ my faith is in him faith expressed by, by so many parents so many parents that have that have walked up front here with their young children to say, with faith in God, we commit to raising this child to know the love and the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. We commit to being faithful moms and dads. I've seen faith shown in in giving in in this church. The response of this church to, to give in what we call faith promise for for world missions and for for community mission efforts and all of those things has, has just blown me away of how above tithes and offerings people give, not knowing that they not knowing that they have it in their pocket, but just believing that God's gonna provide this and we'll give it. And because of that, we've just seen all kinds of things happen, like ministry in, in the inner city of Montrose to places like Cypress Assistance Ministries and Lavender House and and building a house for a Habitat for Humanity for a family. Mission trips to the Bahamas, the Dominican Republic, to Brazil, to Alaska, to multiple ones to Guatemala. And, and all of those things. People putting faith in action. And I've, I've just seen it repeated over and over and over again. And I'm so thankful to you for demonstrating your faith in the Lord. Hebrews uh, chapter 12 the beginning of that chapter has some, has some, some words that, that are maybe familiar to you. It, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne i feel like that you have been a cloud of witnesses to me this church has pointed me to jesus You've, you've helped me keep my faith in Jesus Christ in, in countless ways. You, you have no idea what an encouragement and an example so many of you have been to me about what it is to live and to walk with Christ and put your faith in Him. And I'm thankful for it. And what I want to challenge you to do now is to do the same. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. As these verses encourage you to do, keep your eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on Him. There's some of you here today that, that uh, I'm, you haven't known too many pastors in your life. And, and for a few of you, you've never known any other pastor. And, and I know that I've you know, really been awesome. Awesome. You know, just just so awesome, just amazing, unbelievable. A lot of sarcasm there. I, I mean, if I tell you what, if we could, the sermon would be longer today if I started listing the mistakes I've made in 12 and a half years. You know, I, I've not always made the right call. I've I've definitely missed it a few times, multiple times. I haven't always been as faithful as I should be. I haven't always come through. I haven't always been as in tuned into the Holy Spirit as I should be but I have sought and I've tried to keep the faith and you've helped me to do that and the best way for all of us to do that is to keep our eyes on Jesus the one who initiates our faith who gives us the ability to have any at all and the one who's always the unfailing perfect example to look at and reach to but I just want to challenge you in this time Keep your eyes on Jesus. Totally on Him. There's back a few verses in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 35. It says this, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then you'll receive all that He's promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. My encouragement to you today in your faith is be the faithful ones. Don't turn away. Don't shrink back. Have faith in God. And listen, in this transition for this church, in this process that's going to go on here, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Trust Him. Believe Him. Believe that that He has a good plan for this church, which includes you. Believe that if it's God's will for me to move on, that it's God's will for someone else to come and to fill this place, and that it's part of God's will for your life to have a new pastor. Believe that. Trust in that. It's okay today for a little while to say, well, but you're the awesome, most greatest one ever. but But just believe, believe there's somebody better. Not better because they're a better person, that I'm no better than the previous pastor, but better for this season and this moment and this time for God's people and God's church. It reminds me of, of the, uh, one of my very favorite movies the last two or three years is, is The Help. I, I, that movie speaks to me so powerfully in so many ways. If you have not seen The Help, rent it, download it, whatever. See, see the help. I was spent my junior high and high school years in Jackson, Mississippi, about ten or twelve years after the setting of this movie, and it just it speaks to me a lot. But there's there's this moment at the end of this movie when when um, when this African American maid is is been unjustly fired from her job, and it's she's a central character in the movie, and she's helped raise these these little white babies, especially this little girl, and she's just poured her life into this little girl. And she's being unjustly fired from, from that job. And she looks at that mother as she walks out the door, and speaking about this little three-year-old girl, she says, you give my baby a chance. And what I want to say to you today, even though this is not a negative, bad goodbye, you give God a chance here. Don't, don't, don't shrink back. Don't fall back from this church. Give God a chance. To see what he'll do here. Will you do that? Will you trust him? Will you have faith? Second mark of a great church of these things. Hope. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You have helped me. You have helped Julie and me. You've helped our family hold on to hope. You've helped us to trust God to keep his promise. In the 12 and a half years, That we've been a part of this church. We've had some dark days in our family. And you helped us hold on. You showed grace. You gave strength. You helped us hold on to hope. Been some dark days for our church family. I don't need to go into specifics today. But you helped me. We helped each other to hold on to hope. And because we have held on to hope, we have seen the incredible redemptive power of the Lord demonstrated. Have we not? And now I admonish you, I encourage you, hold on to hope for each other. It's a good time to take the scripture literally here in verse 24 to motivate one another. One translation says provoke one another. Provokes is a pretty, pretty strong word, and we usually think of provoking as negative, don't we? You provoke somebody to anger. Here it says provoke, motivate one another to do good, to love one another, to To encourage one another. To acts of love and good works. And then verse 25 is all about this. Show up. Are you saying, are you talking to me about my church attendance? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, I am. Show up next Sunday. Is that firm enough? Am I doing that with a straight face? A tough face? I know you think of me as real tough. Show up next week and the week after that. Show up at your life group. Show up to serve whatever ministry you have or, or one that you know God's speaking to you about. Show up and be the church that God's called you to be. Come to church not based on who's preaching. Who's preaching next week? Is that, is that, is that, is that why you come to church? Is that the only, is that the main reason? Your pastoral, pastoral staff has things covered for the next several weeks. The next several weeks you'll hear Pastor Matt preach, Pastor Garen preach, Pastor Michelle preach, Pastor Geraldo preach. You better show up that day. Okay? You get a double dose that day. And there'll be others. Show up. Let us not neglect coming together. Sunday mornings, life groups, other places serving show up and in the next 3 or 4 months i just challenge you to do to do these things encourage 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 is that three things or one thing what is encouraging encourage one another encourage one another encourage one another and then show up show up show up And pray, pray, pray. And if you do those things, that will produce hope. Living hope. Not wishful thinking, but sure and certain hope based in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And then finally, the mark of a great church, the greatest mark of a great church is love. Go back to the the words of the Apostle Paul there in 1 Corinthians. He says this, If I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy, speaking in unknown languages, special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. I want to go back and, and reread verses four through seven. And you've probably done this exercise before. I know I've done it before with you as, as a congregation. But in verses four through seven, it says, "Love is patient. Love is and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful endures through every circumstance. And now I want us to look at that, that section of Scripture with, with a blank in the place of the word love and the pronoun in that place. Do we have that? When you look at that, what if, what if you filled in those blanks with this? Houston First Church is patient and kind. Houston First Church is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Houston First Church does not demand Its own way. Houston First Church is not irritable. And Houston First Church keeps no record of being wronged. Houston First Church does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And Houston First Church never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That sounds kind of cool, but it also sounds a, a little bit abstract, doesn't it? So how does it become a reality for for the church to actually be characterized in this way, be living this way? It would work better if we could put your name in there this morning. It would work better if we could say, Robert is patient and kind. Garen is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Michelle does not demand her own way. James is not irritable. He keeps no record of being wrong. Paul does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Tom never gives up and never loses faith. It's always hopeful and rejoices in every circumstance. What about you? Can we put your name in there? Could we put your name in there this morning? I I just want to go on record and say, and I don't have a list written out, but I could say for so many of you, I can put your name in there. You have loved me. And for that, I'm forever grateful. You've loved my family. You've demonstrated what it is to be a Christ follower and somebody who's empowered by His grace and mercy and His Holy Spirit. And I'm forever grateful for that. And uh, I'm going to ask Julie. She demanded about 20 minutes today and I told her that that, uh, we didn't quite have that, but I do want her to be able to say a word to you this morning, if she can.
2: Uh, those of you that know me, <laughs> I a big fat lie, <laughs> um, but it is good to tell you um, you know, 12 and a half years of you guys. And, you know, the faces have changed, but there are many of you that have been here the entire time. Um, I can say thank you. Everything Jeffrey just said is a echo for me. Um, You have loved us so very much and you've shown it um and for me in particular um you've shown, shown it by your um words uh kindnesses that you didn't have to uh do or say notes in the mail um <laughs> words that we needed to hear you probably had no idea that they would mean something um but they did um, being a pastor's wife of a church, um, your expectations of me have been low, um, and in many ways, that's a good thing. Um, you're you didn't expect me to be a certain way or to do specific things, um, and I'm grateful for that. That has freed me um, in a lot of ways. Um, on the other side of that coin, you have allowed me to do things, to be part of the worship team at times, to facilitate a Sunday school class or a life group. Um, and again, I go back to the fact that you've loved me and Jeffrey, um, and you've loved our girls. Um, like Jeffrey already said, we have had some dark dark days Um, and when I think about the days that um, the darkest and they were the days that we found out things or something had happened um, I can think of some of you couples that showed up at our house and you loved us And uh, you prayed with us. And uh, again, because of the way you guys have been with us, you've shown us grace. Um, And you've continued to do that. And again, we're grateful. I can't say everything I feel. But thank you for loving us and for always being there for us. And we... We're not going away. Um, We won't see you so much so often. Um, But please know that we love you and we'll always be grateful. Thank you.
1: Check one, two. And uh, we are forever, forever grateful for that. Um, I think the final thing that I would say to you is uh, love one another. Love one another. And the world will know That you love the Lord if you do that. But you and I both know that uh, we can't do that on our own. That we've got to have the power of Christ in us to not only love Him, but to love one another and love people outside these walls the way He calls us to. Uh, Only by His grace and His help. And so today, I need, you need, we all need the Lord more than we ever have before, which is really true every day. And um, I think it'd be good for us to confess that right now. I'd like to pray for you as your pastor today. Father, we're so uh, humbled and blessed by your presence in our lives. By the presence of your spirit in your church and I am so so thankful Lord for the people of Jesus Christ that make up this part of your body and for the investment that so many that are here today and many others who couldn't be here today have made in my life and in the life of my family and have made in in the, the city of Houston and the state of Texas and our country and around the world and have made a difference in the kingdom of God and I thank you Lord that that you allow us to come together in the way that you do, and that you pull us and draw us together uh, in love and in, in your presence. And Lord, I, I thank you that you have incredible and great plans for this church and for the people connected to it. Many of those people aren't here today. Many people have, have, There are many people that, that you have plans for related to this church who don't even know you yet but they're going to come to know you through the ministry of this church. There are people's lives that are going to be healed and transformed and made new, called to ministry, called to do all kinds of great things in your name. Some that are here today, some that are not here today, some who still don't even know about this church or know about you, but you have so many good things in store and ahead. And help us to embrace that, to believe it, to trust in you and open up our lives and hearts so that you can do and accomplish what you want to accomplish and Lord for that to happen we just acknowledge that we need you desperately in our lives none of us is smart enough talented enough in no way good enough able enough to do and be who we ought to be without you so we need you today Lord I need you for every every next step that I take in my life as as a father as a husband as a a friend as a minister Lord everyone here needs you for every step they're going to take whatever situation whether it's on their job or in their home or through the church or in relationships with family and friends and for needs that that are pressing right now and for for things that are out ahead of them that they're not aware of yet we all need you so desperately we just confess that today and as we confess our our need for You, Lord, we, we also seek to put our faith and our trust in You and believe that You will do what only You can do and You will accomplish new and amazing and wonderful things in our lives and in the life of this church. Help us to receive that today, to claim it today, to believe it. Lord, renew our faith and hope and love and help us to show up trusting in You Lord, I bless these people in the name of Jesus. I claim power and strength and wisdom and your presence for this church. And I declare today, Lord, that you alone are worthy and holy and good and that this church is in your hands. And we can trust you as we rely on you. And I pray this in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name of our good and loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and God's people affirmed. Amen. Amen.
3: Well, we're in a season right now that uh, we don't look forward to. We have to say goodbye to our pastor. God's called him to a higher call. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to invite you, if you'd like to, to come and, and kneel around Jeffrey and Julie at the altar if you guys would come. And we're going to send them off in a season of prayer. Nothing more fitting. Come if you'd like. thank the Lord. Father our God, you are so merciful and, and you are altogether holy. Uh, we have tried to lift up our praise today, this morning. We've lifted them up with hands made holy by your grace and, and we pray that the sacrifice of praise that we've made this morning was pleasing to you because we've got so much to thank you for Lord and and this morning we get have the special thanks of the having Jeffrey and Julie as our pastor and his wife for the last 12 and a half years, what an awesome difference they have made in our church. And and Lord, now you have called them to a higher call, and uh, we we want to send them off uh, by asking you to look down on them and bless them in a very, very special way, Lord, uh, for the task that they have is is... is monumental in our eyes. It's, it's large. They're now the pastor of the pastors. They're now the problem solvers for the churches. Uh, they're the, the spearhead, as it were, of the, of the, of the church, uh, directing and guiding our district. Uh, and I, I just pray, Lord, uh, that you would honor Jeffrey like you honored Solomon. For I know the man's heart is, is just like Solomon's. His prayer would be for wisdom to guide the the district and and to make wise decisions and to have discernment and and the ability to place the right man in the right pulpit and and to uh be wise in solving problems and directing the district so we pray lord you would put your hand on jeffrey and bless him in this way give him that type of of wisdom to lead our district as he as he goes forth and, Father, we would also pray for courage for both Julie and Jeffrey uh, because the, the job sometimes has, has uh, things that they have to do that, that take unusual courage and strength. So empower them and, and encourage them and, and uh, just let them know also how, how deeply we appreciate them and all that they have done for us. So as, as they leave here, our pastor... Uh, and walk out the door and become our district superintendent. Uh, Lord, we pray that, that our placing them in your hands uh, will be a pleasing thing and that, that you will bless their ministry and that our whole district would uh, benefit from having our pastor, now district superintendent, Jeffrey Johnson, as our leader. He now has a, a much, much larger congregation I know praying for him. Uh, But remember our prayers because uh, he is special to us this day, and and we would just put him in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. We have had an awesome pastor, haven't we? (laughs) I think we can say
0: that. Yeah. prayed for him this morning, but how many of you will join with me as he is approaching this new, uh, new ministry in life, and it's it's big, it's huge, and God has given them this task, and and it's big for his family as well. How many of you will join in with me and pray for him in the coming days? If you will do that, say we will. And how many will join us, not only as, as a board and a staff, as a community of believers, believing for the future that God has the, the right person in place, that He knows the plans for our church, and that you're willing to pray in the coming days and saying, Lord, send us the right person. If you'll join me in that prayer, respond with, we will. Amen. Amen. The words that we've heard this morning are true. They are from His Word. And there's a great passive scripture in James that talks about... You know, the Lord uh, revealing himself, and when you look into a mirror, don't forget what you've seen, but to do something about it. And the, the words that our pastor has spoken this morning, they're true, and we should remember them, that we should encourage one another, that we should pray for each other, that you should show up, all right? We've taken pictures of the today's awesome crowd, all right? <laughs> And what we've decided to do as a staff, I've just made this decision, Michelle, uh, is that every week we're going to take another picture and we're going to send it to, to Pastor Jeffrey's email. And he, you're going to get a return email if you don't show up with this to, just a smile, like tears and... And it's going to be bad, all right? So you should show up, okay? Show up. It'll be a good thing. Well, we're going to honor and uh, just have a celebratory lunch. And, and, and I'm going to give you some, some instructions in just a few minutes. But we believe that God has great things that have happened in the past, right now, but in the future as well. So as we praise and worship God this morning, as we sing about uh, what God is going to continue to do, worship Him with all your heart as we, we sing this morning.